Radio Influence. The future is now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a very special Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. I miss Frank. Yes, I miss Frank too. <laughs> where the hell? Where the hell is he? I wonder every day. It's been so long because we've missed two Fridays. I know, I know. I, I and in fact, uh, I was really surprised about the second Friday because I, I knew that you had to. You were not going to be around two Fridays ago, and then last Friday, I'm getting ready to go downstairs, and I like check in with you. And you're like, no, no, no show today. Like, wait, what? What? You you, you need to go back through your texts. We talked about it. I just, <laughs> oh my gosh. So like, I, I I flew up to New York for my mother-in-law's 70th birthday on Friday. How was that? It was the birthday. It's the day of its of that was great. The travel. Like, so if I drive to New York, Frank, you know how it is to drive to South Carolina. Yes. Maybe 10 hours, 11, sometimes 12, depending on traffic. Yep. So Friday, I think I had like a, 10 something flight. I don't even remember what it was. Whatever. We left for the airport at around nine. M- Myrtle Beach Airport is fantastic. You just walk right into the airport. It's like one, two, three, get on the plane. The flight was great. It was maybe an hour and 23 minutes. You land. So we land at LaGuardia. <laughs> if anybody knows anything about LaGuardia. <laughs> so we land there. I rented a car to get from LaGuardia to the car rental place is. An hour and a half excursion, probably half of it walking, half of it bus rides. So we had to take two buses and walk. Oh, I don't, re- I don't remember all the this really. It's under construction, Frank. Oh God, and it'll never be out of no. off of construction too. <laughs> no, it never out will from be. under construction. No, so that took us about an hour and a half. That put us at, at the rental car place at around 2.30. So now we left at like 9 in the morning. It's 2.30, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. That's five and a half hours, right? Then, oh, the, okay, go ahead. We waited online at the rental car place for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. That's happened to me before. It, I'm just like, what the, what the, what are you people doing? Like, and you know what I realized? There was a line out the rental car place wrapped around the place. And then when you get in, there's another line to get to the counters, right? I realized what, what a big percentage of their problem is. It's that people go up there to rent their car and don't have a credit card. So they, they rent online and then they need to show a credit card to secure the deposit in case you go, whatever you're doing. Wait, wait a second. So what are they... Then what are they pledging that they have to have a credit card at some point in the uh, in the process? They won't let them use debit cards. Oh, so they're using their debit card to pay. Right. Because they have the money in their checking account. And then if if you live in New York, they won't use a debit card to secure the registration. I guess they're having problems with crime, like people are renting cars and doing crazy. Sh- you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Anyway, long story short, so many people get turned away because they don't have enough credit to secure the $200 or three, whatever it is, extra security deposit for the car that you have on top of that. Right. So that was a big portion. People just bitching and moaning and yelling and screaming at each other about that. These counter people. So anyway, I get up there. I get my car. I go out. I get in the car and the brake lights don't work. <laughs> 
Both of them? <laughs> the left one and then the bottom right one. How, how did you determine that? You 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 do brake light check when you get into the car or something like that? Well, I sat and there was a, a, a warning lamp. Uh-huh. So I was like, what is this? And then I was like, well, can you check the brake lights? And sure enough, they were out. So they had to, because or else <laughs> you would have gotten four tickets. Yeah. Over the- so, yes. So I go back in and I'm like, um, I'm not waiting on this damn line again. I just spent two and a half hours on it. Right. So I go back in there. Getting someone to look at it was a whole different issue. But whatever. I finally get back in there. I, I tell them and the girl goes, oh, do you want a replacement? I'm like. I looked at her like, really? Like, you, no, I'm just coming in here to tell you so I can drive the car away. Like, what do right. you think? So they gave me another one crack in the windshield. I'm like, I don't give a crap at this point. I'm just I'm going as long as it doesn't hail. <laughs> just wait. It gets better. So I get in the car and I'm I, now now, Frank, it is like five o'clock on a Friday in Queens trying to get to Long Island. How long do you think it took me? To drive 30 miles from Queens to Long Island. Uh, three hours. Almost two hours and 40 minutes. Wow. So I finally got there at around seven. So I basically could have driven to Long Island from South Carolina and been there faster. Uh, you know, it, it's it's every, I know that this is just uh, I have I have no explanation for it. The way it's, back was six hours. The way back was six hours because. You have to do the same process in reverse. And that crack in the windshield spread. Well, then if it weren't for Washington, D.C. traffic, then driving would be optimal. But then again, nothing beats the actual one and a half hour plane ride. No, it's great. If you can just like if you live at the airport, it's great. Yes. If you live at the airport (laughs) and your destination is the airport. Yes, it is fantastic. The flights were, were, well, okay, there was, the flights were good. We'll just say that. I'm not going to get into all the details about the travesty there. But bottom line is it took me, it took me 18 hours in, in less than 72 hours to go up and, and experience a nice weekend, you know, a day with my mother-in-law for her 70th birthday, which ended up being wonderful. Well, happy birthday to the mother-in-law. So I'm not, I mean, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted today. Mm. Well, I I hear it. I hear it. You sound exhausted and, and frustrated. Thankfully for me, if I ever wanted to do a little bit more uh, quick traveling between South Carolina and and um, New York, Westchester Airport go, has they've been going direct for years. See, that's so I, and and I live. I mean, that's just I live two and a half, what three miles from Westchester Airport. That is that's fantastic. We met a couple on the bus ride back, or uh, they they had been there for a funeral and they were like so they were like where in carolina are you from because viv had a sweatshirt on and she comes out with her new york accent oh and then we started talking and they're like we we all had the same gripes the same gripes and they're like oh do you miss it and we're like no (laughs) no they were from greensboro so greensboro greensboro bats yeah yeah greensboro bats I have. A, I actually wore my Greensboro Bats hat on Friday. Are you Are you going to uh, Are you going to fly down for uh, the extravaganza, Frank? It's sold mm-hmm. out. Nope, not flying. That's okay. We're driving. That's okay. Just don't do it like you did it last time, and you'll be no, fine. No, well, well, I couldn't. I cannot. Can't do it like I did last time. The only reason why we did that was because this the uh, hurricane Audrey. <laughs> oh yes, that's, that's the only right. reason why we we said, well, you know what, we better leave right now at eight p.m. instead of five a.m. 
So that's number one. A, a day trip is so much easier. Uh, Aurora is a, a year older now, and her she's in a uh, a new car seat. She's facing front instead of Back. reverse, so it's easier to to treat with her, and um, and, and we'll get through it just fine. Yeah, I just wish there was a way to to, to sidestep DC, but um, well, but, it's all timing. It really is all timing. Yeah. I've done it so many times at this point. And I'll never be flying again. So there's that. Well, maybe I can hitch a ride with, uh, you know, one of the, the, the packed planes of illegal immigrants going into and out of Westchester Airport soon. Maybe, maybe I can sneak into one of their suitcases. I can stow away with an illegal alien. I mean, anything that you want to do that is difficult to do as an American, just call yourself an illegal and it's 20,000 times easier. Yeah, I'll just I'll put on like an old uh, a shirt that looks like it was gotten at a Salvation Army I'll put a little dirt on my face <laughs> just, and you'll have baby formula and food and money and anything you could ever possibly want or need. They, and, and, and they won't anal swab test me for monkeypox. Speaking of which. <laughs> so there's so, so many different things going around about this monkeypox thing, Frank. Yeah. There's the people that are like, oh, it's all bullshit. They're just making all of this up to scare us again. And then there's all the articles. There's an explosion of monkeypox, 90 cases. And I'm like, what? You know how many people there are in the world? What's the explosion, right? And then there's all the people that are saying, um, this is just to, you know, usher in a new vaccine. Like, of course, it's all, people are just done. They don't want to hear about it anymore. Nobody, everybody's just like, whatever. But I just want to get a couple things out there. I don't necessarily think this is a whatever. I think it is something to pay attention to for sure. Here's why. Number one, They have not let us know the vaccine status of any of the what appear to be all um, gay men that have this virus. What? Oh, you haven't read this? I don't. I mean, I've been reading little little bits. I didn't know that the common denominator here was homosexual men. Yes. That's who's getting the monkeypox. Yes. Exclusively. Pretty much. Okay. So what they are thinking is that this is because they found like they think they found ground zero now of it. And it's basically spreading in homosexual men. And there was a big 80,000 person like hedonism conference or something. Why do you think they're? Why do you think this would happen? I <laughs> this. Listen, it, it, this sounds so interesting. Yep. That like that they're trying to bring down some kind of a new stigma on homosexual men just before Pride Month hits. I don't know why if if like so I don't know. Is it because all of these men are vaccinated and it can't be spread asymptomatically? Yeah, but the, if if they're all if their sexual orientation is the most uh, is the most pronounced common denominator here, then. That really the, the the vaccination status takes a backseat because then, you know, gay women, straight women, straight men, as long as they're vaccinated, then it wouldn't matter how they have sex. No, no, it wouldn't necessarily. Um, it, and um, like what I'm trying to say is, has the fact that people are vaccinated allowed this to alter itself in some way? That that could be that 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 makes it. You know what I mean. And and we don't have enough information yet. We did a column on Friday about it. I think it was Friday about it and like what we knew at the time. But like there are so many variables that play into this now. Like 
it's not it's endemic in Africa, but not around the rest of the world. Nobody's ever seen it before. So now we have monkeypox spreading around. Um, right. You know, and then there's the people are like they said this, you know, Gates said it would be a smallpox variant. And of course he did. And, and then you have to wonder, like people are starting to try and see if it, if it was in the lab leak in Ukraine and some of the stuff taken out of Ukraine or like what this actually is and where it's actually coming from. In my opinion, from what we see right now, it is seems much more likely to me that it is a vaccine sort of um, immune system suppressed like weirdness that's happening than it is necessarily. Yeah, we've got a, a you know, a, a bioengineered monkeypox virus that's been unleashed on the world. It seems like when you quell when you quell the immune system of three quarters of the U of the uh, population, that weird viruses that nobody usually gets are going to start rearing their ugly heads. And who knows what they're going to be changing to as they make their way among people. That's my issue. No, it's true. It's, uh, that, it's true. And that's why we've said so many times that it, sem- it seemed like we we're getting set up for the perfect crime. Uh, well, it hasn't been very perfect. There's been so much exposure along the way. Only thing is that the people who are supposed to be bringing others to justice are part of the plot in many, many, uh, in all, many respects. All, all of them. Yeah, yeah, many respects. That's most respects, all respects, whatever. <laughs> uh, but it, it, that that we always said this is part of the biological aspect of why this could be one of the most perfect crimes because there's not even going to be a set number of symptoms that 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 can be that can be tracked across it could just it can manifest as so much else but uh in the end a an autoimmune disaster a a um, immune escape so even if it is an outside and infection from some kind of an outside source your ability to fight it off might be compromised and i could this be it i don't i I, have no idea uh, it's going to be one of even if it isn't it in two weeks, it'll be something else. I know. That's the thing is like people are so like I'm at the point right now, Frank, where I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, if, if I'm going to go just whatever, <laughs> like I don't even like I just want to I just want to stop like people want to stop worrying about things. Yeah, I, it's just it's, it's terrible to have to worry about something all the time, all the time. Some outside thing you can't see. It, it's crazy. Crazy is a great word. So now we're, we're watching this monkeypox. Uh, I'm watching it. I, I just I'm going to be watching it. People are like, ah, forget it. Who cares about this? I do. I want to know what the story is. I want to know what the story is. I want to know. Very, very curious. Very curious how they, they play this off. Because here, hold on. Let me play you a clip real quick where the Australian uh, people, they basically... I mean- it looked like shing- some of it looked like shingles. We well, know shingles was a uh, a side effect. Yes, it's funny you say that because people are jumping to that now because they're using pictures of shingles to demonstrate monkeypox. So some people are saying, oh, they're just going to say shingles is monkeypox because so many people have shingles now from the vaccine. They need a cover. Right. Well, that could be. How do you say No. Now, I, I being in media, think it's much more likely that lazy idiots use a shingles picture because they don't really care and they don't do the research to even know what the hell they're talking about in the first place. So some editor somewhere just picked up a shingles picture and threw it up there. That's what I think. Yeah. 
But here we go. Let's listen to the NSW chief health officer, Dr. Kerry Chant, and listen to what she says, which is a little bit of nothing until the end here. Yeah, you know, this um, outbreak in non-pandemic countries is, is worse than uh, past outbreaks. I suppose um, the the um, that will be, be that the reasons for that are still being worked through, but I think um, we know the way in which it's, it's transmitted. It's transmitted by that skin close skin to skin contact. You can be infectious and that close. Oh, yeah droplet contact in a very sort of close, prolonged way. You can imagine that some settings, um, you know, such as um, I've described in terms of, um, you know, sex on premises venues or other um, events and gatherings. She said sex on premises? Yeah, she said sex on premises venues. Oh, okay. Like (laughs) bathhouses, basically. Right. Okay. I see what's going on here. You see? Gotcha. Can I just like, I want to keep you in my pocket so, <laughs> so that I can hear that little laugh. Yeah. I did. Oh, man. Like you said before, we got to we got to find some kind of something to have fun with at this point. Here, wait, you want to hear the rest? Please. Um, sort of what we've seen is super spreading events. Um, no, I, I wouldn't be panicking. Um, I think the the important point is that we're giving information and we know um, how the community responds to that information. We have good networks through our clinical services, through GPs. We've distributed the information through pharmacists. We're also working with um, some of the um, community partners that engage um, groups that we might want to get those messages out to. In other words, gay men. I guess. Which you can't say because. Wow. I can't. I, th- this is the first time I'm hearing. And now to see hear all this supporting media, they, it sounds like they really are talking directly to gay men. They, they are. They are. <laughs> They're sending this out to all of the places where like those people go to get health services and things like that. Bathhouses are still very popular. Oh, gosh. Yeah. They're just not called that. They're called I, sex on premises venues. <laughs> so, oh, so now, now I guess they just become culture centers. Yes. Because you, you don't need to go there because you're oppressed anymore. That's for sure. No, you don't. It's just tradition at this point. Correct. Do you <laughs> okay. do you want to finish here? Wait. Yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> um, so I think that that cooperative relationship has been well grounded in the past, Oops. and will you? Oops. To bring this under control, but it is important we take it. You know, seriously, and that we get that early recognition. Um, and so I do urge everyone to. So no, look, forget this. I'm done with her. Here's the thing. They're saying right now it, it can only spread symptomatically, right? So yeah. you have to have someone with these pustules on them to get it. it. If you are sick like that, don't you know? Uh, uh, apparently not. So Appar- that's. I doubt that's why I'm doubting a little bit. Like, could it have been engineered to spread in a different way? I'm just I'm doubting this. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like you get a fever, you get swollen lymph nodes, you get horrible body aches, and then you get these blisters and pustules all over your body, almost like chicken pox, but not. They're bigger. They're right. grosser. I've, I've seen I've seen some of the pictures. Yeah. So who's out at, at some party feeling like that? Like, honestly. I don't know anybody that would go out like that. 
So, yeah, you're right. It, it's 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 all very odd. But the one thing that is not surprising is uh, I, I read from one publication covering or it might be from the UK or covering what's going on in the UK. But like the, the, the first lockdown criteria has been or quarantine criteria for monkeypox has been released and it's 21 days, 21 days in isolation, 21 days. Yeah, it's three weeks. They're taking a month out of your life now because of the new thing of the day. Yeah. And it doesn't this feel oddly like when we were doing our first shows in late 2019 about covid. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like when, when we're when we're kind of sifting through the mishmash coming out of being smuggled out of China through social media. Yeah. And we didn't know what was real, what wasn't. But it was all severe. Yes. Yeah. Hold on a sec. So then if you think back, Frank, to the HIV, quote, HIV epidemic and how everything was diagnosed with PCR tests and we talked to Celia at some length, does it, it feels like a do over? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, at, th- at this point, it really just feels like a broken record. Yeah. Uh, b- because we just went through two and a half years of one thing. And now now that everybody, including the the man himself, Bill Gates, is just like, well, it's just kind of like a flu and whatever. It's I don't know what how many more of these are going to they are they going to do before everybody's just like enough already or before something that has a, a 35% death rate comes around. And and they just, the United States government just bought, like recently bought so much of the smallpox vaccine, which apparently can protect against this. And you remember what Fauci did when, when HIV was going on. He basically said you could get it from your kids at the kitchen table. Well, yeah, yeah. I, there was, yeah. You want to talk about, you want to talk about misinformation. Wow. The, the, uh, the HIV era misinformation is legendary at this point now that hindsight is 2020 but isn't it crazy that the the newly approved fda approved smallpox vaccine that's been mass produced a couple of years ago is 85 percent effective against Mm. smallpox yeah and they're starting at 85 percent it's incredible yeah that'll be down to seven percent yeah yeah And, and nobody trusts the medical establishment anymore anyway so it's and they like, did it. To, they did it to themselves. I, as you said many times, uh, you were you were not anti-vax prior to the, with the events that kicked off in 2020. Maybe a little skeptical. Maybe you know, may, maybe delayed schedules or the, you know, leaving some off the table. But I know most of the people in my life want nothing to do with anything that's being pushed. And the vax, the the, the vaccine commercials now on television. I, I'm not even talking about COVID anymore. They're they're pushing the HPV vaccine for girls as young as six. That vaccine is so bad. It's everywhere. They should not. I I would much rather see commercials on television for Marlboro, Marlboro cigarettes and Newports and Virginia Slims again than all these damn uh, pharmaceutical commercials. I would so much rather see that. I know. I agree with you. I agree. It's absolutely insane. Did you, uh, we'll change subjects just a little bit. Did you hear about this girl who was trafficked from Dallas? Uh, I, no, okay. no, I didn't, no, no details. No. 15 year old girl was at a football game with her family, gets up to go to the bathroom, doesn't ever come back. I got that much in the headline, but I don't know the details. 
Texas refuses to PD refuses to open up an investigation because there's some law that says that anybody over a certain age that disappears is automatically assumed to be a runaway until there's some other reason not to think so. Uh, aside from does the girl say she was kidnapped? She, well, just wait. So the parents are like begging the police to help look for this girl. The police tell the parents, go home. We can't. This is Texas. Yes. So then they go to a not-for-profit who ends up being able to find her naked pictures on a prostitution website. They track her down 10 days later in Oklahoma and arrest 10 people. She was trafficked from the game. How old is she? 15. 15. So I I, I just wonder how the hell they get her out of a stadium. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. In front of all those people, I guess yeah. people just don't pay attention or they have a gun to her or they tell her, like, you know, you say anything, we'll kill you or who knows. But Man, I, I, how do you how do you get a 15 year old girl out of a sports venue willingly without any kind of a scene? I want to I, I wish I knew this. I know. I know. Me, too. Given that I have two 16 uh, year olds. Wow. Crazy. I think Viv would kick their ass before they even got. <laughs> did they get did they uh, like a uh, addict her to drugs or something? I don't know what happened to her. She's getting treatment now. Obviously, she's back with her family. Thank God, because that's not the way that story goes most of the time. It's not. So I just couldn't believe that if the police would have you know done something for her early when they first reported it, like right away. Think about what that girl could have been saved from. Yeah, because. They probably did something to her. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if her naked pictures are up on a website, yes, they did. That alone. Yeah. That alone's trauma. And some of the, the mug shots, these dregs of society, just just terrible. I, mean, <sighs> I Yeah, I had seen the headlines for that. I didn't know the details. And that that's that's a I can't. Well, if they have any more the details that come out, I'd love to see how they got her out of the venue. Yeah, I, I would want to know that, too. Like, w- w- how do they get her out of there without her kicking and screaming? And, and you know, and then we started talking about he, like even here in, in Myrtle, it's a huge hotbed for, for human trafficking. And everyone's like, why? And I'm like, because it's transient, like very few people that are frequenting Myrtle Beach establishments, beaches, et cetera, live here. Right. Yeah. So and you don't know if, if somebody's, you know, if that's their kids coming in and out of the hotel room, if it's not, you have no idea. They're not around long enough to get to know the people. So it's it's very easy to traffic people in and out of here because it it's it moves so much. And like there have been stories of people like literally kidnapped right off of Main Street, like and just taken. And then my daughter's like, oh, can we walk down to blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Why? Because I know more than you. That's why. Mm. Jeez, that makes me feel. Ugh. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, they're not taking people's kids that are with parents, obviously. You know, when I was when I was younger, we would go to maybe maybe it's like around eighth grade, ninth, tenth. When there's a, maybe a five year period of time where we were really every summer there was a big vacation. We were either going to Orlando or Myrtle Beach or something like that. And I used to think it was so obscene that parents would put a literal child leash on their children's wrists so that they're all walking around, but you know, they never get too far. 
Yep. Like you, you turn around and now I know you turn around and a one and a half year old can get a half a mile away from you in five seconds. Yeah. And it doesn't seem so weird when you're in big crowds, does it? No, no. And I used to think, oh, well, I, I would still never put a leash on Aurora. I would just hold her for if it's that bad. I'd hold her for five miles if I had to. But I understand now. Yeah. I now understand. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. I, um, I used to, I would, I never did it either and never would, but like, I see some parents, Frank, like, I can't even believe it. Like the kids are just running around like on, on, unsupervised, like at the rental car place, for example, this little kid, his dad was online inside. His mom was online outside. The little kid is running back and forth. Maybe, maybe three years old outside around the building, inside to the building, outside around the, I'm like, how do you let your kid just run around like that? Like, Hmm. Couldn't do that. Want to move to Durham? Durham. Whoa. Durham. That's right. Well, what's what's in Durham? Durham. Durham. The Durham probe. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were talking like Durham. Isn't Durham a place in one of the Carolinas? Yes. Okay. I was was like, why would I want to move there? (laughs) I said, do you want to do Durham? Do you want to do Durham, Frank? I thought you said, do you want to move to Durham? No, I I probably did. Meaning move topics. (laughs) Okay. And I'm thinking, what? Why? What's there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got to get back on track. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, um, I, everybody's freaking out about how Robbie Mook, Mook, Mook. Went up and testified that Hillary Clinton gave the okay to go to the press with the Alpha Bank story. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah. okay, is this the big revelation? I, I don't get it. I mean, that would just be what what could obviously that is just one link that leads to something more incriminating because to say, okay, go to the press with something that may not be able to be verified. What what really is the weight of that? I mean, a retraction? <laughs> what? That word is foreign. <laughs> I know. I mean, but like, what, what's the consequence of, of doing something like that? It's it's ridiculous. Like you said, nobody even prints retractions anymore. It's, so is yeah. this just one link along to what do you think they're building this toward? Well, Cash Patel has an idea here. This was him on Maria Bartiromo yesterday. What is the culpability for that? Yeah, four FISA warrants starting at the end of September 2016. And I couple the uh, the, the, the issue is, is sort of metastasized by the Clinton campaign. And Robbie Mook testified to this in court, the former Clinton campaign manager, that Hillary Clinton herself knew it, authorized it, and they leaked that false information to the media to try to gin up attention against Donald Trump. So they were working in the media and they were working in the FBI pursuant to Hellman's testimony. And those two forces combined with the Steele dossier to launch a dirty uh, a, a unlawful FISA warrant. And that's some of the most damning testimony uh, from this week. And it's got to go, as I've said before, all roads lead to Andy McCabe, the deputy director, and the Lovebirds in their office concocting an insurance plan in August of 2015. And I think John Durham knows what that insurance plan is. I know we figured it out during Russiagate, and we're trying to educate the American public on it, but um, it remains classified partly. So there's more, but he means probably August of 2016, not 15. Yeah, yeah, 2016. Yeah. Although um, although we've seen that this this actually has this actually has some roots in 2015, right? Didn't we didn't we trace this particular plot back to uh 15 in some ways to the announcement? The Alpha Bank rumor or the plot? Oh no, 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 not the, the Alpha plot Bank. as a whole? Yeah. Yeah, but they just didn't know who it was going to be. They were going to do it to. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like I'm sitting here like, okay, great. You know, what's awesome is, you know, our friend Shemi. Mm -hmm. You saw what happened to him or no? What? Shemi tweeted. Oh, with Elon Musk? Yeah. I, I saw that. Yes. And Elon was like, and then uh, Jan came in with his Spygate infographic and basically Elon was like, yeah, no, <laughs> that's too confusing. Hell yeah, it's too confusing. And then Hans came in and he was like, it's very simple. It's simple gate. Here's what happened. And Elon is like blown away. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself with all the communication that Elon has had with Trump, he doesn't know this. It, it's, it's a it's a curious thing if he doesn't. So now Elon is blowing up Spygate on Twitter, where, where all the people that are following him are basically, for the most part, middle of the road or lefties. Obviously, conservatives are following, too, but most of them know this already. Mm -hmm. And then Hillary Clinton is getting a pass so far. Her former campaign manager obviously feels he was a defense witness, Frank. He went out of order. Robin Mook? Yeah, because he had a trip to Spain planned. Oh, well, yeah, we can't can't interrupt that. Yeah. So they called him Friday. The defense called him Friday. So he was a witness for them, which is like, okay, so Sussman's trying to take them all down because there's no honor amongst thieves. And he's taken the brunt of all of this, basically. How nice. So far. How nice. If I want to if I want to go to Spain, I have to read a Hemingway novel. Right. I wouldn't want to go to Spain anyway. That's how I go to Spain. Watch some bullfights. I don't want to go anywhere anymore. You need a vaccine to go anywhere anymore. But I, I here, let's listen to the rest of this. Okay. And we have those text messages back and forth where Lisa Page says to Peter Strzok, Trump is not going to win, right? And Peter Strzok comes back and says, no, 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 no. We'll stop it. We have the insurance policy. That's absolutely right. And I remind the audience that's in August of 2016 when they were digesting the Steele dossier, when they were running with the Alpha Bank server nonsense, and when they were getting ready to go to the FISA court. This trio who led this, uh, the biggest criminal conspiracy in U.S. history, I believe, is in the crosshairs of John Durham. And that's what's coming next after the Denchenko indictment. He has their own words putting them on blast and the FBI's corruption, along with the testimony from this agent and James Baker and Robbie Mook shows that not only was the Steele dossier line of effort totally fraudulent, but so is the Alpha Bank server effort. And Hillary Clinton knew about it and she authorized it and spent tens of millions of dollars pushing it to the FBI, the DOJ and the media and corrupting the world and putting on the biggest disinformation campaign in U.S. history. Yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. And then the media beefed it up for the FBI, who used then the reporting in the media. And there's there's a, a reporter that's fighting to limit the questions that can be asked of him. Should he be called to testify in the Durham in the uh, Sussman case right now? Mm. He's saying, I don't want to have to be able to say any of this, this or this. I only want to be able to talk about this. <clears throat> They're going back and forth in motions about it. But like Mook's testimony didn't really I, I, I didn't. I mean, that's like small potatoes to me because we know it already. I, it I don't. I know. I, oh, yeah, I know. I know. And we're so far beyond uh, uh, red pill moments for everybody else. Well, I mean, depending on how the Elon thing goes, he could start like peppering out details for all we know. When did when did uh, oh, hold on? Maybe I think I find I think I found it. I want to see the exact one that Elon. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. What does it say? Tell everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because no, I see it because because uh, Shem has uh, this one tweet, 52,000 likes. That has to be the one. 
uh, I guarantee that at Elon Musk tweeting about Sussman is the first time the vast majority of people on this website have ever heard of him and probably John Durham as well. Twitter has been suppressing tweets about the trial all week, to which Elon Musk replied, I only heard about it last month and was blown away. Yeah. Like, they live, like, hello, this has been years of our lot. Like, you know why half the electorate now hates that? You understand, Elon, what's been happening to us now? Now they're coming at him with, like, bogus sexual. (laughs) Yeah. To hell with it. Do you want to hear something else crazy? I don't know if you've been, well, number one, last week I told uh, on the Wednesday show, I went over how um, General Flynn had a FISA on him, which we learned. On who? On General Flynn. Okay. There was a FISA warrant on General Flynn and uh, good friend of the show, Adam Carter. He'll understand why I'm doing that. <laughs> Second, has a column that where he he's masterfully composing, but I'm kind of contributing to in some minuscule way. Um, <laughs> and that's going to go up soon. Uh, we're working on it. But there was that. But this is another thing I, I said uh, in my guilty pleasure, like the, the way that I veg out and like, you know, realize that somebody else's life is really crappy. And it kind of gives me some small pleasure because there are horrible, horrible people involved. <laughs> the Johnny Depp trial. Oh, yeah. I listen to that like late at night where I'm trying to veg out just because I'm a law geek and I love listening to it. And I love seeing this train wreck that is these people with five penthouses, one of them functioning as a closet. I mean, come on. I the only exposure I've had to it has been watching Kyle Dunnigan's channel uh, uh, make fun of it. And I that's been good enough for me. Well, Finch, Harold Finch of the library texted me yesterday and he goes, hold on a second. Adam Waldman, Frank. Oh, yeah. He's the lawyer in that. He's Johnny Depp's lawyer. Yeah. And he was on the stand being questioned. Like, and I'm sitting here like, wait, that's the, I knew, I I didn't know it was him. I thought it was just another Adam Waldman. Yeah. It's literally the same Adam Waldman that was working with Assange and Steele and Warner and Deripaska. Yep. And and, and Comey. (laughs) And Comey. He was was, uh, central to negotiating that, that uh, bringing Assange over to talk about, and then they, then they nixed the whole deal and they let Vault 7 go out unredacted. And that's the same freaking Adam Waldman. That Rakita Law is here talking about. <laughs> yeah. Now, today when jury instructions were finalized, this is the problem. Yeah, Adam Waldman's testimony. Yeah. I got to tell you something. In what seems to be a very, ever since the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, everybody's been flocking to these lawyers who have YouTube channels who are like doing commentary on these cases. And it's, it's like... It's too bad that, that, there is, that there's so few really big important like like i'm talking about cosmically important cases that are given the kind of broadcast access that we have with this reality tv show between johnny depp and his and his and his uh, shitty girlfriend a hundred percent people because the fact that we're doing that they're think my god that this is like going into season two already meanwhile they rush Ghislaine maxwell out the back door in two weeks no i know and and not only that but people were literally lined up at the courthouse to get in at 9 p.m the day before the night before they're like sleeping overnight outside of the courthouse to get seats inside like and i'm like holy crap you know obviously you can't do that for the sussman case because you know and it can't be televised Anyway, but that's not the point. The point is these people are in Virginia and it's like, holy 
crap. Like, wait, that's what that's where the this Johnny Depp thing is happening, Virginia. Yeah. Oh, why? Oh, I didn't know they lived in Virginia. I don't know why the venue is Virginia. I'm not exactly sure why jurisdiction was established there and everything. But I'm telling you, I've been following this case very closely. Like I, I if I were to. I could do like a dissertation on this the same way that I could do on anything else, only because I find it so culturally interesting, too. And and it's a trade is a hot mess like this girl. She's she's just a terrible, terrible person. And I'm not a huge Johnny Depp fan anyway, because he threatened, you know, he basically made jokes about killing the president, which I never think is OK. Right. Um, But like to see what she and they're all like. One of the lawyers is a criminal defense att- attorney who I actually like. Her name is Natalie Lawyer Chick, and she does a lot of really good stuff that I listen to, even separate from this, because I, I like to buff up on legal stuff. So I'm always listening to law channels. Um, but she was saying, I love how they're in there, like nonchalantly discussing their recreational drug use when most of my she's a criminal defense attorney. She said 99 percent of my clients are in jail for things like this. Like they're talking about how they did MDMA and shrooms and they have blocks of weed in their closet and they're just free as a bird. Yeah. And, and, and we giggle along with them on on television. Yeah. Giggle because, the you know, drugs and pills and oh, God. Yeah, I can't. But culturally, it's like dismantling the believe all women mantra. Oh, I don't know why anybody would have ever thought that that was a good thing. Believe well, all women agreed. But this case is showcasing like, like every like there's a bunch of lefties watching this, obviously asleep lefties who are like, holy, holy crap, I guess, you know, maybe that's not the best way to do things. Like they're rethinking this entire, the second a woman comes out and, and, you know, says something bad about a guy. It's true because literally she was the perpetrator of so much nonsense and it's funny because her witnesses will come up on the stand and they'll ask them have you ever like the defense will i mean the uh johnny depp's attorneys will be like have you ever seen miss heard be struck by any anybody including johnny depp no no have you ever seen bruises Mm, no like there's this whole big like thing that he ripped chunks of hair out of her head and the chunks of hair were like strewn all over the bedroom but there's no marks there's no bald spot it's so bad frank it's it's Yep. Hey, I uh, I uh, I was so happy when earlier on in that trial I saw the updates that there was they had brought in a therapist or a psychotherapist or something like that and had made a public um, disclosure about how she is diagnosed histrionic personality disorder and you know my I, that's something that that's something that I have spent a lot of time talking about on on quite frankly, because it's I really do believe that is the chief disorder outside of just general uh, psychopathy that that attracts people to Washington, D.C. You think about the histrionics that are shown that are on display from people like Rashida Tlaib and and uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, where they can go from weeping to screaming like they're like they're Stalin to uh, I mean, it, it just doesn't it doesn't matter. And then, of course, there's always this there's always this playful you get away from me sexual um, uh, playing hard to get thing. So they go through this ra- wide range of emotions and it's always to keep themselves as the center of attention. Yep. And uh, that is 
it's always expressed a lot more so in women than men. And of course, that is why um, this this terrible we're living under this ridiculous matriarchy right now, even though they call it a patriarchy. It's uh, we're, we're being beaten to, over the head by psychopathic women every day. I totally agree with you. Did you see what happened um, with uh, what's it called? Um, did you see what happened with Nancy Pelosi, by the way, over the weekend? Yes, I'm happy about it, too. I'm happy that one I'm happy that one archbishop one, that I don't care how bad this the how bad a condition the church is in. I'm glad that one person it, it, at least can can just say no, because if you, you watch that. Did you watch that uh, that house hearing between? I don't know. There was some horrible, horrible female abortion activists that went before some congressmen last week. Did you see that at all? Oh, when they were asking her, like, when do you think is too late? And she was basically like, I think everybody has the right to make the decision yeah. or trust everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like she was she was taking the fifth. But instead of taking the uh, pleading the fifth, she just kept saying over and over again, I trust people to make decisions for their bodies. Well, not really. Full stop. I, full stop. Yeah. Full stop. Full stop. Not really, though. They, they Not when it comes to, to shooting themselves up with poisons. Yeah. Then it's then it's not. Yeah. Right. But what about her? Well, I, the fact that the, the, when you see that on display, you see that abject evil on display. It is we're, we're no longer this is no longer the the, uh, the the solemn, controversial topic that we used to uh, debate years and years ago. Abortion. All, it, it is a cultural celebratory event. It, it is ritual. It is a rite. R-I-T-E, not R-I-G-T. It is a right for them. We have seen it. And it's so on display with this smarmy, completely uh, evil display that they they, they put on constantly when they talk so lovingly about this. That anybody like Nancy Pelosi, who stands by that behavior, who stands by that, and, and, and at least approves of it, supports it, does whatever she can to fund it. Mm. I am glad that somebody out there said, we're not going to allow you to receive the Eucharist because that is not a body that should ever receive uh, Christ. Yeah, no. And she's very, she, she like talks about it and then says how she's such a devout Catholic out of the other side of her mouth. It's all, it's all, it's all bull until it no longer is necessary to, to be a politician and tip your cap, even in a, um, I don't know, even in just a, a symbolic or a traditional way to religion or faith. They, they, one day they won't need to do that anymore. But she doesn't give a shit if she ever receives the Eucharist ever again. It's just uh, this is just all part of the battle. I, I'm just stunned that he came out with it so publicly and basically said you can't come into church and take communion. Great. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I was like, happy. holy crap, finally someone's getting a smackdown as they deserve. I think it's fantastic. Do you want to hear a bunch of really stupid people? Sure. Given that we have a few minutes left. This is um, New York street interviews of, of young people. I think it's Fleckus. Yeah, it is. Here we go. Who fought in the Civil War? The Civil War? Wasn't it... What's his name? Kennedy? Kennedy's... Yeah, Kennedy against who? Um... I don't know. Do you know how many continents there are? Now, hold on. I got to set this up. No. Who f- this guy is in 
the guy we just heard, heard do you know how many continent, uh, con- continents there are? And he says no. Yeah. He literally just graduated from something. He's in a cap and gown. Okay. Oh. Just to set that up here. The, the Civil War. What? He's the future. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. How many states make up the United States? How many states make? Dude. Dude. I know this. No, you don't. You know this. You're a dumbass. I, I do. That's crazy. I don't want to do this in a Same number. Same number. I don't know. No, you, you do me, know this. You, me, you, you do know this. Time. Do you know who the president was before Trump? No. You know what three times three times three is? <laughs> no. Yes, you do, man. Take a guess. <laughs> can I think? Can I think about it? Yeah, go ahead. There's more. There's much more. Do you want to hear more? <laughs> yeah, let's do a couple more because I'm all, I'm almost dead. I just I just want to just, just complete it. No. Take a guess. Around one. Probably like, I don't know, like 1901? Yes, very good. It is? It was close around there, but I'll give it to you. Who fought in the Civil War? I don't know. Do you know how many continents there are? No. How many states make up the United States? How many states make... Dude! We listened to this already. I know this. Hold on. You know this. Hold on. The capital is? Of? United States? Harrisburg. Oh, is there a capital in the U.S.? Who fought in the Civil War? The Civil War? Come on, Fleck. Wasn't it... What's his name? Kennedy? Kennedy's... Yeah, Kennedy against who? It's all um, repeated. Yeah, it was a... I, I don't... Do you know what the capital of the United States is? Um... No. <laughs> You know what three times three times three is? This no. is the last repeat. Yes, you do, man. Take a guess. <laughs> can I think? Can I think about it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. How many make up one dozen? How many make up one how dozen? Many how many what? Like how many eggs are in one dozen? Ten. How long is one decade? One decade. No idea. Do you know who the president was before Trump? Come on. No. Who's the president of the United States? Biden. Who's the vice president? Um, I do not know. Nobody does. The current vice president. I know who it is, but I can't get his name. Do you know what three times three times three is? His name. Dumbass. (laughs) Oh, God, no. No, you know it. You know it. Is it I? No, no, no. Is it? You tell me. Three times three. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, you have me doing math and I'm second like... What country is Mount Rushmore in? Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Japan? No, nah, that's not right. You're close. <laughs> um, Tokyo? Yes. Do you know what year the U.S. was uh, established? 18-something? No. Yes. Uh, what year did the U.S. gain their independence? What year was the U.S. founded? That's it. Oh, man. I don't even know. Around when? Take a guess. <laughs> it ends with a 72. Uh-huh. At, What's at the, the end, first two? At, every time. Go ahead. At the, at the end of every last one. I know that this, you, you have to put the worst out there. Uh, when you're doing these compilations and there are people out there that know that there are 10 years in a decade, but 
after every one of these interviews, there should be somebody standing behind Fleckus's correspondent here to take down their names and make sure that they have lost the right to vote. Seriously. They, 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 that is not uncontroversial either. They do not deserve, they should lose the right to vote. I don't, I, this, this, I, I saw this this morning and I, I just, I, this is what's walking around out there right now. They have zero grasp on any, anything, anything. Therefore they will believe anything. And then, and then I contrasted it with this. Ready? I'm going to play something for you real quick. It's going to blow your mind. Listen. Five years old. I was going to say, what is this, a four-year-old? Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, oh, wow. That's tremendous. Good for them. Yeah. Living life. His name is Alberto Cartuccia Singolani. He's Italian? Yeah. Five-year-old piano prodigy Alberto Cartuccia Singolani. You know what's funny? We went to Long Island the other day, right? And, and... We brought Taylor with us and she's from from Washington originally and now South Carolina. So she doesn't really know anything else. And we wrote down all of the Long Island towns and tried to have her pronounce them. And what? Oh, because it's all because it's all uh, Native American names. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down quag. <laughs> Will wrote down quag. Oh. You ever spell quag? No. It's spelled Q-U-O-G-U-E. G-U-Quag. No, well, it makes sense, I guess. Do you know? Do you know where Quag is? No, where? It's out by the Hamptons. I, I, I haven't been out there. I can't tell you the last time I've been on Long Island. I certainly have not been out very far east. What was another one she couldn't get? Um, There's Quag. There's, oh, Wontaw is like, what am I saying? Wontaw. Oh, I know. I know. I know Wontaw better. I've never been there. Once again, never been there. What about uh, Ronkonkoma? I it's another one of the, those names I have heard in in advertisements and in weather reports. Never been there though. Ronkonkoma. <laughs> I, I probably know of like five car dealerships there, but that's, Ronkonkoma. Yeah, I feel like it's been plugged on WFAN for years. Yeah, well, I mean. It's- we we started doing the the Babylon train line of the Long Island Railroad. Mm. I'm sure, you've been on the Long Island Railroad, Frank. No, never. No, w- why? Why would I have to? You've never gone out to the Hamptons. No. Oh, well, well. Never been out to the Hamptons. Uh, never been to Martha's Vineyard. Well, that's not. In- I know that's 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 Massachusetts. I was going to say, but but maybe one day. Well, you know, you're not missing we- anything anymore, so. Need a place to to escape the scourge of monkeypox. We were we were driving through Queens and there were two people having sex on a bench next to us on on Horace Harding Expressway in in broad daylight. And <laughs> were, were they hot? I didn't see them. They were they were. I don't know if they were clothed or not, but they were laying on top of each other doing something. Oh, um, that's it's you know it's it's really nice to hear that there is still such such you know love right. Where people can love each other so much that they just they have to have sex right where they are. 
regardless of <laughs> who's around them. The love, that's just something you cannot buy. I miss you. <laughs> Potentially, um, you'll be here Friday? Yeah. Awesome. That's What's the date on Friday? Already the, 20, the 27th. May 27th. Last day of school for the kids here. Good for them. It's yeah. a glorious time of year. Yeah. Well. Last day of school and uh, just a few few weeks till the uh, extravaganza. What do you mean? It's in August. We're oh, in June already. Gonna, I was going to say a few weeks. Yeah. It'll go by in a flash for real. It does. It really does. But. And it's completely sold out. Like. <laughs> packed. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. You know who's coming? Who? The whole Uncover DC team is coming this year. Wow. Sharon, Michelle. Are they bringing drugs? <laughs> we don't do drugs, Frank. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm I'm positive. That's the only way I got bringing, Lauren to come down. They're bringing ivermectin. <laughs> oh. Are we all going to be are we all going to be prophylacticing together? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, well, thank you for joining me on this random Monday. I appreciate it very much. You got it. Everybody's going to love it. I keep getting mail. You haven't done two Friday shows, and we're really not happy about it. <laughs> I, I I was completely confused myself for the second Friday. <laughs> Sorry. But here we are. It's a, new, it's a new fresh week, and I'll talk to you in a little bit. You've been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Until Wednesday. Later. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Brady, Rock, Bill Belichick. Who is the authority on those three. There's one. He's at the top. And I got him. Tom Curran, NBC Sports Boston. What was your perception of the relationship for 20 years between Belichick and Brady? What did you see? Uh, Mutually beneficial, highly respectful, not close. Um, But, you know, Bill is hardwired to start and start and restart and restart. Um, That's what he wants to do. It's like, you know, teachers might love a class, but eventually those students graduate, go on, and you get new students. And Bill's hardwired to bring the next person in. And he believed by his general timetables and actuarial tables that in 2014, it was time to take a quarterback because Tom was 37. Well, Tom's the outlier. And that pissed him off and really created uh, a dynamic in the last six or seven years where Bill was like, hey, get on my watch here, and you're on the clock here, buddy. And Brady's like, the clock doesn't work for me. So that really led to a level of it's just a push-pull, creative tension between the two guys so that it became somewhat dysfunctional. But I think that they've done an excellent job, Rock, of, uh, of seeing past agitations that they had with each other in the final 17, 18, and 19, and that led to him leaving um, and saying, so it was hard. It's supposed to be hard. It was hard. And we, we had a lot of success. I don't give a crap about the stuff that happened in those years because the overarching success we had together makes me appreciate it more. And I think they had to go. Tom had to go to Tampa to find that out. The Rock Stops here with longtime radio and TV personality Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and RadioInfluence.com.